Hello and welcome to the Bids, Tenders and Proposals podcast. Here you will get insights on how to write successful bids, how to do business with government, and things to avoid in your submissions. Here is your host Arvind Lau, who has evaluated thousands of tenders as part of his work and continues to provide technical advice and training to a number of government organizations and private sector on tendering, procurement, negotiations and contract management. So, let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by BidHQ.com.au. BidHQ is a platform where you can manage all your bids in one place and collaborate with your team to create the best bid responses. Sign up for a free trial at BidHQ.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Bid Tenders and Proposals podcast. My name is Avin Lal and today we will be talking about subcontractors. As a contractor, how do you go about using the subcontractors and as a subcontractor how do you actually make sure that there are few checks and balances in place in terms of your business and in terms of uh, the way you are likely to work with the, the contractor so essentially a subcontractor is someone that will work under the head contractor and they will provide certain parts of the services that will ensure that a contractor is able to deliver the full aspect of the work required under the contract. So this is uh, quite common in construction industry. An example would be building a house. So if you are building a house, you'll engage a contractor to build the house, but that contractor will have several subcontractors. The subcontractors would be uh, someone will probably do the concreting, there'll be a plumber that come out uh, and, and do all the plumbing works, uh, there'll be an electrician that come out and do all the electrical works, there'll, there'll be a bricklaying contractor and so on and so forth. Essentially, a, contra- a subcontractor is normally a more specialized in a trade which they just do that particular aspect. When the government departments, for example, issue a request for tender, a contractor would take on that work. However, they will perhaps not have all aspect of that work that they will be able to do, which would mean that they'll have to call upon the subcontractors. So let's have a look at what are some of the things that as a head contractor you would need to consider when you are engaging subcontractors. So ensure that a subcontractor has given you a written quote. Uh, there are times that a lot of, uh, sorry, a lot of the times a contractor would just go to a subcontractor and say, can you do this piece of work? And they'll say, yes, we can. And here's the price. And, and it's very vague. And that leads to a lot of problems for the contractor in the sense that uh, the price could blow out and, and there could be no accountability and all that. So ensure that the subcontractor has given you a written quote for what the work is to be done and ensure that you have appropriate contract with the subcontractor so uh, once you get the quote from a subcontractor you've got to make sure that you have got some sort of an agreement between you and the subcontractor and to make sure that the subcontractor understands the timelines of the project so that they don't just commit to it or agree agree to do the work however not be able to do it within the time that they can and to make sure that the contractor has relevant insurance in place, relevant resources in place, and the contractor has appropriate qualification and licenses that are needed for that particular work so that you don't just engage a contractor on their word and you haven't vetted them to make sure that they are able to do it. Make sure you've got a correct 
payment terms in place that you are both happy with so that you are going to say that well you are going to provide them certain amount upfront or you are going to pay them after the job is completed. Now inform the client of your subcontractor arrangement. Often government departments and councils and local government that issue contract for certain work they require that the contractor inform the government or inform the the principal which we call say a government department who issues the request for tender that they inform them of all the subcontractors that they will be utilizing during the tender phase get the subcontractor to do, to do parts of the request uh, parts of the tender submission so that they have the ownership of the tender and they understand the quality that's required and that as a head contractor you don't end up doing all the work uh, in terms of writing and actually regurgitating what the subcontractor is going to do get the subcontractor to be part of it that way it's a it's a process where you can jointly tender for however you still remain the head contractor now here's a big one ensure confidentiality deeds signed and are in place by all parties now this doesn't only protect the contractor the head contractor but it also protect the subcontractors there are certain intellectual property or let's call it ip for short uh, from both sides that you don't want the public to know or definitely not the other contractors who are tendering for the work to know the other thing that a head contractor should, should ensure is that there is exclusivity of the contractor for your bid so if the contractor is working for you that they are exclusively working for you on that project so you don't want your company to be tendering for work with a subcontractor a and that some same subcontractor a is tendering with another company and another company and that way uh, there is a problem of collusion what's known as collusion when you are actually colluding for price or service whatever uh, you are tendering for you don't want to end up with one of those companies that have colluded with with other companies through a subcontractor ensure that the subcontractor is working for you this could also create a bit of a problem if you've got a subcontractor that is actually working for other contractors as well in the sense that um, you can end up having that subcontractor perhaps giving you a higher price but a more reasonable price to your competitor and your competitor ends up winning the bid and um, so so that's uh, that's very important that you got to make sure that the contractor is working exclusively for you in most of the contracts from the government department they actually require the contractor to submit a statutory declaration that they have paid all their wages and and also have paid their subcontractors so ensure that uh, you have got an arrangement in place where you are actually appropriately dealing with your subcontractors so that your contract is valid and you don't breach the contract by not um, managing the subcontractor side of the issue and every time that your subcontractor changes you'll also need to inform uh, the organization that you working that doing the work for say for example a government government contract that you are working on and you have won the contract based on certain number of contractors or certain contractors that are doing the work and for for some reason if that contractor changes then you will have to make sure that you inform the the government department now let's let's look at the 
the the other side of the equation uh, the subcontractors well subcontractors there are that's a, a very good way for a lot of business to exist as a subcontractor because they by themselves are not able to bid for really large projects however as a subcontractor they can often do really well by working with the with the head contractor and a lot of the time if a subcontractor is not able to tender themselves they'll partner with someone uh, someone perhaps bigger who've got more uh, capability and resources to be able to tender for larger contracts and the subcontractors will actually get on board there and assist the contractor achieve those uh, the requirements of the contract so the subcontractors could be electrical contractors who can't perhaps let's use a building example again they're probably not in a position to build the building all by themselves but they are really good electricians and they could go out and perhaps do uh, 10 buildings um, for the contractor as um, as a subcontractor to do uh, all the electrical work for that particular building so the subcontractor will be engaged by the contractor and all accountability and responsibility of the work will be to the head contractor however the head contractor must have a really good agreement in place with the subcontractor so that that accountability can be transferred to the subcontractor now if you are a subcontractor you have to make sure you ensure set things are in place as well ensure you work with reputable contractors now a lot of the times that i have looked at um, a number of local government uh, tenders and i've managed several contracts several contracts in in uh, in the government space and often when a contractor hasn't got a very good agreement between them and the subcontractor there can be times when the subcontractor does the work and the contractor does not pay them or does not pay them appropriately for the price that was discussed verbally perhaps so make sure they are written in writing and ensure that you work with reputable contractors that will ensure a fair and reasonable outcome for you as well as a subcontractor sometimes subcontractors think that just because they are subcontractors they don't really need to meet certain requirements i i failed to mention this at the at the beginning i think but uh, the head contractor should make sure that the subcontractors they hire actually have all the relevant qualifications and insurances in place as well as much as is what is required under the contract if you don't and the certain insurance requirements or or licensing requirement extends to your company and you are you don't have that tied to properly with the subcontractor then you are left as a head contractor responsible for that so that's an, a point that I probably didn't emphasize as much when I was talking about head contractors but as a subcontractor make sure you have all the relevant insurances in place ensure that there is a contract in place that will protect you and ensure that you are paid on time so as a subcontractor even though you may be maybe doing the work and and you think it's okay uh, to just verbally agree on the work that's all great however it's good to get it in writing to make sure that there is an agreement between the subcontractor that is used as subcontractor and the head contractor so that there is appropriate uh, level of work that you are going to do there's a scope of work that you are going to do so that you don't end up saying that but we were expecting you to do this as well and you have not costed it so that will mean that you'll end up doing thousands of dollars worth of work that you don't get paid for so make sure that you quantify the work that you are doing 
one of the things that i think the whole industry the construction industry fails on is making sure that they keep records of everything that they do and ensure that they they are not misrepresented by the contractor the subcontractors need to make sure that they have appropriate level of record keeping so that they can they can make sure that they demonstrate that did that particular work they demonstrate that they were on site on that particular day they demonstrate that they were not on site on the particular day because there are times that things can go wrong and you don't want to be taking the responsibility for you what you are not responsible for and conversely you want to be taking responsibility for what you are responsible for the other thing is other than keeping the records is having regular meetings with the contractor to stay on top of things now when you have regular meetings with the contractor you are able to actually understand if there are any problems that are brewing in in with other subcontractors that the head contractor might have on site or you want to know what the contractor is intending to do or you you find out exactly where things are heading if there are delays that you need to plan for that are as a result of the supply that uh, the head contractor supply issues that the head contractor has got so regular meetings and regular meetings that are documented as well and make sure when tendering for the work or when you are bidding for the work with the head contractor that be part of the tendering team try and be part of the tendering team i do understand that there are times where contractors and the subcontractors don't really have a very good system in place when it comes to writing proposals writing bids writing tenders and there are now really really good platforms around that actually can help you work independently collaborate um a bid writing a bid management platforms that you can utilize for a very cost effective price between the contractor and yourself to make sure that right people work on the right parts of the the tender the reason i'm saying this is often if i am a head contractor and i've got five or let five maybe too many maybe let's say three three subcontractors that are working on the request for tender document that i'm responding to you can make certain subcontractors responsible for their parts of the section so as a head contractor you don't end up writing everything on their behalf now there's a level of ownership that will be taken by the subcontractors when the subcontractors actually write the responses themselves and the head contractor then takes the responsibility for the full tender that they end up submitting now as a subcontractor be clear on your part of the work and i think i've talked about this a little bit before is that you need to know what what is your scope of work so that you don't get caught doing too much or expecting to go there doing more and getting paid for more only to be told that sorry uh, the contractor b is doing that not your company so you have to make sure that you've got it in writing the scope is nice and clear for you to be able to do the work and again um the last thing is the confidentiality deed to protect your intellectual property uh, make sure that as a as a subcontractor uh, it's good to have a handshake deal but just to make sure that have the confi- confidentiality deed in place and this will protect both sides the head contractor and the subcontractor so if you are concerned that there are there is not enough confidentiality in place then um, you can approach the head contractor and say that we need to do a, a mutual confidentiality deed so that we don't don't go and talk about your company's ip to anyone and in the same manner that you reciprocate that that you are not going to talk about 
my company's uh, intellectual property or whatever trade secret that I may have, the pricing that I've given you, so that that's not out in the public for other contractors to see and actually use that against me at my in my next tender. They are some of the things, I mean, there are obviously a lot more things to do with contractors and subcontractors, but if you can get some of these things right, and one of the big things is before you enter into the the workspace or you enter onto the site and start doing the work you must have some of these agreements in place between the subcontractor and the contractor whichever way you're going whether you are working as a head contractor on this project and you want the subcontractor to be accountable and make sure that there's certain thing the subcontractor is actually signed off on well Use that to your advantage that you have the written documents in place and same goes as if you are working as a subcontractor to someone. Protect your company, make sure that you actually deliver what you are supposed to deliver and what you said you're going to deliver and you have those protection in place so that you get paid for the work that you said you're going to do or you do the work that you said you're going to do and you actually get paid for that work as well appropriately and you look after your people and your company. So, so they are the things but essentially these things don't start at the time of construction they start well before when you are actually looking at bid or no bid i mean one of my podcasts uh, i've talked about bid or no bid and if you want to go and download some notes on that it's on it's at uh, bidsmart.com.au all this starts right at the beginning and is it's sort of consolidated when you are actually tendering for the work together so when you actually put the tender together and that is why it is so important for the companies to actually invest in good bid management platforms or a system that they can actually utilize so that they can capture all the parts of it not only within their own uh, organization but when they're actually reaching out to the subcontractors so that subcontractors can actually manage parts of the bid writing process and essentially become part of the bid team and that's what it is at the end of the day at the end of the day uh, you are not going to as a head contractor not going to go to an organization or your client if it's a government department whoever it may be you're not going to them and saying oh well um, this is five companies tendering for this work no you're not going to they know that there are five or ten or fifteen companies that are tendering for the work if you are going with four other subcontractors you're not going to go in there and say that, oh, well, this tender is a combination of five of us contractors. Uh, it's not. It's actually a head contractor that's tendering for the work by using those subcontractors. So essentially, there's one tender, one team, you demonstrate it, and it's made up of four other subcontractors. So uh, a government department or your client will see that as one tender. So for that to be seen as one tender you need to prepare that the tender as one tender and you need to form a team before you actually write the tender and you actually need to write that tender or the bid or proposal whatever you want to call it as a team so it actually reflects the total thing rather than uh, bits and pieces that are pulled together from four different um, companies to form a tender and then you have a, your client or the government department that's actually evaluating those tenders find out and say well this is written in different format this part is written in different language this part is talking about something else not tying into the other and you are left with your customer trying to interpret all that and trying to find out that look uh, this is not really a well-presented tender so the well 
well-presented tender starts before you actually put pen to paper or should I say put your fingers on the keyboard that's more like what we are we are dealing with now and have a good bid management system where subcontractors issues can be addressed a lot better and you are able to collate everything in a much better way so uh, that's all I, I have to say I mean I there are there are a lot of other things that are to do with between contractors and subcontractors but I wanted to keep this at a at a simple level in any case if you want more information about this podcast or any others I've got some notes uh, at bitsmart.com.au so you can go in download the copy of notes on contractors and subcontractors and and also get copies of other bits and pieces that we've got on bids tenders and proposal you know through the podcast notes and and other downloads that we have got at bidsmart.com.au so thank you very much for listening i appreciate your time i want to wish you all the best with your bids tenders and proposal and if you are getting a subcontractor on board get a few of those things checked off to make sure that uh, uh, you're doing well as a contractor and if you are a subcontractor to a I head contractor make sure you get your bits and uh, pieces checked off so that you end up doing a really good work for the contractor and in the process do well for yourself until next time good luck with your bids tenders and proposal and I'll catch you in the next podcast remember you can get more information about this episode of the podcast and other episodes of our podcast at bitsmart.com.au